With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
good day. Going around my neck here. Our scripture, two Chronicles, two Chronicles seven, verse fourteen, page one hundred and eighty-four, the history book, page one hundred and eighty-four in the history book, two Chronicles seven. I 
Paul Truffles. So a few days ago, somebody sent where supposedly somebody to live in Syria saying that the Shah Assad is the Antichrist. I looked at the information. I read what the person was saying. Even though he is saying Assad is the Antichrist, it's very clear he was stealing some of my materials, some of my facts, and then adding on to it that all you gotta do is pray and the Great Tribulation will be stopped. And World War Three will not happen. It won't happen. It just will not occur. We could just rip up the entire book of Revelation and just rip up Daniel. And it just won't happen. So this person thinks they are a prophet because they read what I wrote and they believe it about the Antichrist and that makes them a prophet and that makes them have the authority and the calling of the God to add to the Word of God and take away from the Word of God and twist Scripture and say all kinds of insane things? Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And this is a different person from what we was having to deal with two weeks ago. Another person stealing the materials and stealing the processes of this ministry and adding to it and taking away from it and twisting it and changing it and putting their own twist to it. God will hold such people accountable. I don't mind if somebody reads the website and says, that's true and I need to share it, post the article about the Antichrist or any other doctrine or any other prophecy, share it on social media. I don't mind if they share it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and all across the world. I want you to do that. Amen. I want the people to share the articles, the prophecies. I want the people to even put it in their own words, in an email, in a phone call, in a letter, share with other people. That's fine. But don't add to it and take away from it. Don't take it out of context. Don't, don't ignore other scriptures. Don't ignore other warnings from God. Don't put a, a twist to it saying, we can stop the end time. Come on now. Amen. I'm not against God calling other prophets. As Moses said, I would that everyone was prophets. Amen. But you can't, out of selfish ambition, make yourself a prophet. Amen. You have to be called by God. And that's more than just desiring to work for God. It's a special calling. Amen. But this verse is in Chronicles. This has to do with the historical timeline of 
thousands of years ago, it's already been revealed, dealing with times of when the tribes of Israel, all 12 tribes, were still in the Middle East, times of David, Samuel, and time frames like that. That's the context, and people are, tons of people, tons of so-called Christian churches are taking account of the historical context in which it was written. There's no end-time context to this chapter. None. No end-time context to this chapter. We do not think of Chronicles and Kings as prophetic books. Do we? No. We think of Revelation, Daniel, Ezekiel, Jeremiah. Chronicles is not a prophetic book. I wouldn't rule out there might be a verse or two there somewhere in Chronicles. I wouldn't completely rule it out. But it would have to be made clear in the context of the surrounding verses. There's nothing about the context of this verse speaking about the end time. So then people would say, but, but, God doesn't change. God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He does not change. So if it was true then, that if we would just pray that he would do our land, that he would deliver us, so that we won't have to face. Well, they're leaving out the part about repentance. Amen? It says that if they would turn from their wicked ways, if they would repent, it's not just prayer. Okay? So even if it had an end time context to it, which it doesn't, but even if it did, and even if we were to consider what God does sin, we still, people are leaving out the part about repentance. Amen? So then they're like, uh, even if they're considering repentance, even if they don't leave that part out, they point to Nineveh. city of Nineveh repented, and the prophet Jonah went and preached to Nineveh, and the city repented. God spared the people. They were not invaded. They were not destroyed. So they would use that and then say, God's the same today. But they're ignoring something very important. And that is, God spared Nineveh for a time in the season. Forget exactly how many years. But sooner or later, I think it was a couple hundred years or less, that they were still invaded. The destruction still came. The destruction didn't just vaporize in thin air and never came to fulfillment, but rather it was only delayed in that. The destruction still came. The invasion still came when the people stopped repenting and went back to their wicked ways. So they leave that out. You can't use that verse about Nineveh to say that the great great tribulation never happen, that we can erase the end times, that the great tribulation won't come, that uh, the next seal in the book of Revelation won't be wolfened. You can't say that. That's silly.
So it's a different timeline, different context. And then another thing is, the city of Nineveh was only one city. And even though they say it was a large city, it wasn't large like we think of a large city today, right? It didn't have uh, subways and skyscrapers. It didn't have a population of a million people and three million like some of the large cities today have. When they say large city, probably 10,000, 20, 50,000. I don't know the numbers. I've read the numbers before, but I forget them, but it was nothing like Los Angeles or New York City or Chicago or Detroit, nothing near those numbers. So it would also be wrong to use that verse about the end time because in the end time, we're faced with the need to have New York City to repent, Detroit to repent, Los Angeles needs to repent, Atlanta, Georgia needs to repent. It ain't going to happen. If you think that you can post a social media post and call the entire city of Detroit, or Atlanta, or New York, or Los Angeles to repent? You're out of your mind. Ignorant and foolish and childlike. Because, you know, children believe in fairy tales. They believe in the toothpaste. They believe in Santa Claus. They believe in whatever that they're told. Whatever they're told, even if it's silly. They believe it. So a person that thinks they can change the world and make an entire city or an entire nation or the entire earth repent because, oh, I'm going to put this on social media. I'm going to say that Antichrist is president of Syria. And I'll take, I'll take this particular thing that the apostle said. I'll take this particular fact that the apostle shared. I'll take this one. I'll take this one. Then I'm going to, but I'm going to ignore all kinds of other stuff. And I'm going to say, all you got to do is pray, fast, and repent, and it's done with. You're not going to have the great tribulation. You're not going to suffer. You're not going to have to hunt for your food. You're you're not going to have to do without the grocery store. You're not going to have to do without cash. You'll be fine. If you just pray, if you just fast, if you just repent, you're not going to have to worry about the great tribulation. Or we can change the whole world. Any of that, any of those types of thinking is foolish. Amen. I think most people in this ministry can understand that very quickly, very easily. Your own repentance ain't going to save the whole world. And even if we get a group of two or three people or seven people, even a hundred people, even a thousand people, that's not going to save the world. Because the world is what? Seven billion, eight, oh, billions of people. And so a group of a thousand is going to change the whole world? No. Absolutely not. Even in the book of Revelation, it's going to take 144,000, not 1,000, not seven people, not ten people. 
that 144,000 people change the world. And that ain't going to happen until that seal, six seal, right? Six seal. It ain't going to happen today. It ain't going to happen this year. It ain't going to happen next year. Because we got to go all the way into the sixth seal before those 144,000 are anointed for that particular calling. It can't happen this year. It can't. It won't. It's impossible. Because the Bible must be fulfilled. All these things must be fulfilled. Must be, must be, must be, must be fulfilled. We've already had seal number one, the white horse, seal number two, the red horse, seal number three, the black horse, seal number four, the green horse. Therefore, we must have the next seal, the fifth seal, the great tribulation, the martyrdom of saints, the martyrdom of people who have repented, the martyrdom of people who have prayed, who have fasted, who have repented, and they are still getting murdered. Did you hear that? The fifth seal, the great tribulation, the martyrdom of people who did pray, that did fast, that did repent, that won't be protected, and they'll still be beheaded. So in the context of the end time last generation, not ignoring the book of Revelation, not ignoring the fifth seal and the sixth seal and the seventh seal and the seven trumpets, you cannot pray away, you cannot fast away, you cannot repent away the great tribulation. Impossible. Amen? All these things must be, will be fulfilled. So false prophets, if you listen to me, must repent of what you have written. Let's go to the book of Joel, the book of prophets, Joel chapter 2. Finally, this 
will be in the context of the end time to some degree. Hill 2, verse 10, we'll read down to verse 19. Verse 10 says, Before them, the earth shall be confounded or confused. The earth shall be shaken, the sun and the moon shall be darkened. The stars shall withdraw their light. So that is the sixth seal that we were speaking of in Isaiah 44,000. And Jesus shall utter his voice from his host, that is from his host. For his camp is very great. For the execution of his words is mighty. The day of Jesus is great, great Who shall be able to resist it? Amen. I didn't even remember that was there. I did not read those particular words. Who shall be able to resist it? I did not read that yesterday and today when I was preparing the sermon. I had no plans to say that. I didn't. I've read it before. And I've read it over and over and over and over, but it did not come into my mind any time this week, yesterday, last night, or today, to the very moment. That's God speaking. You just witnessed another miracle. Amen. Praise Jesus. Everybody raise your hands and praise the Lord because you just witnessed another miracle. God confirms his own word. Amen. He does that almost every week, doesn't he? Who can resist it? No one can. It's coming. You can't stop it. Amen. God has confirmed this entire sermon. This is not the opinion of one man. It is the word of God. Amen. Verse 12. Now therefore, say of Jesus, your fields, turn to me with all of your hearts and with fasting and crying with lamentation. Yes, he does want us to do that. I'm not saying that we shouldn't repent. Amen. I'm not saying you shouldn't repent. Of course you should. God does want us to to pray, to fast, to repent. Turn to him with all of our heart. Of course he does. Amen. Verse 13, and tear your hearts and not your garments. And turn to Jesus your fields. For he is merciful and compassionate, long-suffering, sensitive, and mercy, and changes his mind about calamity. Now notice here, though. Notice the wording. He is merciful. Long suffering, flinches, mercy, changes. He is mine. Doesn't say, I am merciful. I change my mind. But rather, he does. Therefore, who is speaking changes in verse 13 and uh, 12. Verse 12, say of Jesus, your theos, turn to me. That's God's feet. Turn to me with your heart with fast and crying elimination. That and with your hearts and garments. That's God's speaking. 
But when it gives to where it says, for he is merciful, we need to end the quotation marks when we get out. That means we don't have a lot of quotation marks in the Old Testament. It does not have time and energy at all the necessary quotation marks in the Old Testament. We have in the New Testament, but not So we're going to have some quotation marks right here in verse uh, 13. After it says, these are your theos, that's where we're going to end that quotation to God. And then Joel starts using his own words, so we're going to have to separate that from the new line. So now, Joel is the one speaking, where it says, so he is merciful, but passionate, long-suffering, sensitive, But it's true that God does change his mind. Joel is right about that, saying God does change his mind. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't realize that. But God does change his mind. But only about certain things. Because once it is written in Scripture, it must be fulfilled. Amen. Must be. So all seven seals must wolf in, and they must wolf in, in the end time generation. Not just in the end time. Not just in the end time. You can't have the first seal wolfing up 6,000 years ago. The second one will be five. It's not one every thousand years. It's not one seal every thousand years. All seven seals of the book of Revelation all will be in the last generation, from 1901 through now. Okay? Now, I looked up last night the oldest person on earth. The oldest person on earth that is actually recorded, and I only looked at one website. I didn't look at two or three, I should have. But the one website I looked at, I believe the name of it is Otis.com. It said the oldest person on earth reported documented by was born in 1903. That's pretty close to the 1901 date that I've got on the website for the open of the first year. Not exactly. But I would not rule out that there is somebody older on the earth because there's a lot of people in the jungles, a lot of people in Africa, a lot of people in Russia, South America, throughout the world, really, that could be off the grid or not trying to get riches or not trying to get in the newspaper that might be a couple of years old, born in 1901. Or 1900, I would not rule it out. It would not shock me. It would not surprise me. I can almost guarantee it. Amen. I can almost guarantee you there's someone a couple of years older, born in 1901 or 1900 or even 1899. I would not rule it out. It would not surprise me. Well, all seven seals must be woken in the end. It wouldn't make sense for any of the any of the seven seals to be wolfing in a previous generation that was not the end time. That wouldn't make any sense. Okay? 
So even though God does change his mind on certain things, there are certain things God does not change If they grip me gifts that it must be fulfilled, and all seven seals of the end time generation must be fulfilled in the end time generation. If you're living in the end time, then all seven seals must be fulfilled. All seven. They can't stop it. There's no amount of pain or fasting that can stop it. Verse 13 uh, said that, now verse 14, who knows if he would turn around and change his mind, leave a blessing behind him, so that a new offering or a drink offering would be used to fulfill, so that they could give him. So you see, Joel was guiding the offering of old covenant, the offerings of new sacrifices. So his mind frame, even though he was prophesying about the end time, he still had a mind frame of current conditions of his own life. That if you repentance, that God might still give us the food necessary to do animal sacrifice. That shows a human weakness of the prophet Joel. Yes, he was truly called as God. Yes, he was a man of God. Yes, he was a true prophet of God. But he did not see the end times perfectly. He did not and could not see the end time 100% clear and perfect, even as Daniel said he did not understand. Amen. Daniel said he could not understand. Peter said that the writings of Paul were hard to understand, difficult to understand. So just because Joel is a true prophet doesn't make him a perfect prophet. Amen? He was writing with a mind frame of old covenant, old time generations. He could not perfectly see our day, our time, even though he saw parts of it. Therefore, when he's writing about the sixth field, he's thinking that God might change his mind about this. He's not seeing it or understanding it perfectly. We did not think that God is going to change his mind about working the sixth field, the seventh. Because Joel, in his weakness of being thousands of years in the past, is now dead and gone. God bless his soul. And may he rest in peace. But the apostle Zimmerman is alive. And you're alive. And we can see the end time more perfectly than Joel could. Amen? We can see the end time more perfectly than Joel. Because we're here. We see it right in front of our nose. We ain't going to stop it. Amen? You can sign all the petitions you want. You can protest all you want. I don't mind if you sign 
decisions. I don't find it to protest. I think that people should protest like hell breaking loose. Amen. But we ain't going to stop nothing. We're not going to stop the vaccines. We ain't going to stop the mandates. We ain't going to stop the lockdowns. We're not going to stop communism. We're not going to stop the spread of Islam. We're not going to stop the invasions. We're not going to stop the Great Tribulation. All these things I just listed are impossible to stop. Impossible. Amen. Because we can see it more clear because we're here. And God ain't changing his mind about this. Amen. Let's go to Matthew 24. Matthew 24, verse 34. Page 35 in the New Testament, page 35. Matthew 24, verse 34. Amen, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Amen? That word amen means true. This is true. I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things, all of them, all of them, everything must take, must, 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 not maybe, not might, doesn't say here you can change it, doesn't say you can pray it away, doesn't say you can repent it away. It's going to happen. And it says this generation is talking about the generation in which it happens. The generation in which we see the abomination. And God already confirmed the year and the date and the day. Amen. God ain't changing his mind about it this time. Amen. I believe that God did delay the year. I believe that God did change his mind about what year it would have started. I believe we would already be in the Great Tribulation by now, but that he delayed, because the Bible does say that he would delay no longer, so he must, he must have a delay. But a delay is not canceling it out. Nineveh was only delayed. It wasn't canceled out. Amen. Well, maybe there might be another delay. Four o'clock. Amen. God has now confirmed the year. And not only that, but now we see how the Biden regime has caused the collapse of Afghanistan. That's huge. That is absolutely mind-boggling huge. The events in Afghanistan has repercussions for the future, for America, for Nigeria, for Jamaica, for Korea, for Australia, for South Africa, for India, 
for every nation on earth. The event that just occurred in Afghanistan will absolutely affect you, every one of you. Don't think that, well, Afghanistan, that's a thousand miles away. That's thousands and thousands of miles away. That ain't got nothing to do with me. Don't think so ignorant. What happened in Afghanistan will affect everything on earth in some dramatic way. Guarantee you, promise. For example, Afghanistan, I posted a map of where it's located on the earth in our media group the other day. I hope you saw that. It is located. If I can get this right, in the middle of Iraq and Iran, right? Pakistan, Iran, and Pakistan. Iraq, Iraq and Pakistan. No, <laughs> I can't get this. Huh? Somebody draw me a map. <laughs> I need somebody to draw me with that. All right, anyway. It is, let's see, we said that we controlled Afghanistan and we controlled Iraq. Iran is in the middle of a spectrum, right? So, the left of, of Iran is Iraq. The right of Iran is Afghanistan. So we recently, over the past two years, America has lost the majority of its control over Iraq, even though we have a little bit of control left, not a lot. We have lost the war of Iraq. Now we have lost the war of Afghanistan. And now, that means that Iran, which is right in the middle of those two nations, which America has lost, both of those two nations on the left and the right of Iran, that means Iran is now voting great loose. Great loose. They don't have as many American soldiers on their orders, on their on the nations that border them to the left and to the east. They see America has lost both of those battles on both sides. That embodies Iran. In fact, it has really, really, really emboldened Iran in the past just two or three days. And it has also emboldened China and Pakistan and, of course, the Taliban. And of course, Al and of course, ISIS, and of course, Iran, and Cuba, and Venezuela, every, and of course, Syria. Amen. The loss of Afghanistan has greatly encouraged and emboldened your enemies, the enemies of freedom, the enemies of truth, the 666 nation. They have been actually even empowered 
by the fall of Afghanistan. They've, gave, they've been given new fuel. They've been given Black Hawk helicopters. Amen. They've been given a ton of American ammunition and supplies and uniforms. Oh, yeah. It will absolutely affect us. Every one of us. The events of Afghanistan prove that the nations are not repenting, the people are not repenting. Even the prophets, even the Bible says, the Bible even warns the prophets, the so-called prophets, the false prophets, amen, how God's going to strike them down. Amen. Those very prophets that steal the materials of this ministry, those very prophets that take my words and God's words and twist them, add to them and take away from them, for their own selfish ambition, as we have read recently in a recent sermon, about how they, out of selfish ambition, promote themselves, their own ministries, their own denominations, their own churches, their own prophets. God has not called them, not even in the least. I wouldn't mind if the guy would share the whole truth. I wouldn't mind if the, if the man that I'm talking about, if he would share the whole truth. That's not what he's doing. The Bible talks about rightly dividing the will of God. He could have emailed me. There's a contact form on the website. It works. He could have contacted me through the website and said, hey, I found your article about the Antichrist. I found your article about other things as well. I agree with number one, two, three, and four, and I want to work with you as a team. I want to work with you. I want to share this information. I want to quote this. I want to link to this. He could have done all of that, and I would have been, hey, no problem, dude. But no. He did not reach out to me to work in cooperation with me. Because he's working out of selfish ambition. Jeremiah 15, verse 1. Page 
by Trey Hydrating. I hope that everybody, everyone of you has watched Naked and Afraid. I had posted it all back. A link for you to watch it for free. You can watch the entire season number one for free. And then if you search that website that I had linked so you could even go to the next season and the next season and the next season for free. And watch Naked and Afraid because we need to learn survival skills. We also need to uh, adapt our mind to a survival situation. Not just learning skills, but we can get our mind adjusted for survival. Uh, and uh, other things about the show that could help you. Uh, so, that Stay hydrated, drink water, pure water, clean water, filtered water. Very important. And to get rest, but also to work hard. A lot of good lessons that can come from watching the show. One of the very few uh, uh, good shows uh, that come on TV that I would recommend. I don't recommend most of the class. Now, of course, every one of those people on that show, they're all sinners. They're not saints. So there's some basic worldly stuff. There's still going to be some sin. It's reality TV. It's reality. Amen. We shouldn't try to live in a fantasy land. A lot of Christians, especially fake Christians, but even true Christians, they try to live and a make-believe fantasy where there's no sin, no cussing. And we, we would want that in paradise, of course, but this is not paradise. We're not there yet. We've got to accept the reality and the world we live and not try to bury our head in the sand. Now, we have to have a certain level of maturity to handle such things and see the good focus on the good and the benefit of what is profitable mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically from watching that show. Amen. I believe it can really benefit people. Let's get back to the scripture of Jeremiah 15 verse 1. Jesus said to Moses, even if Moses and Samuel stood before my face, my soul could not be Toward them. Dismiss this to let them go for it. Answer be if they say to you, Where should they go for? Then you should say to them, Thus saith Jesus, as many that are for death or those that are appointed to death, to death. Death shall they go. And as many as are for famine, as many are that are appointed for famine, which has to add
notice here that, yes, as the book of Revelation confirms, some people will die from starvation disease. That was fine. I mean, starvation is fine. Some people die from a sword that means war. They don't have to be sword. That's another thing I thought about For the Antichrist to die from a head wound, he might die from something else. But the head wound is actually the destruction of the masses. And Isaiah says that. So that guy talks about this. Ignores what Isaiah says that the head of the masses, or the head of Syria, is the masses. In the other verse, that the masses are here. The head wound is really more than anything of the destruction of the capital city of the Damascus. Everybody's expecting whoever the Antichrist is to assassinate it and come back to life. And even though I had said recently that could occur, I think I need to correct myself. I don't think it will because too many people, everybody, is expecting it to happen now. Everybody, 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 plus everybody, times everybody, is expecting that whoever the Antichrist is, he'll die from the head wound and come back to life, be resurrected. If that's what the whole world believes is going to happen, it ain't going to happen. Amen. Oh, I got Exactly. The two witnesses are counter copies that concentrate. The devil always has counterfeit copies. But the two witnesses and the two prophets are counters of one another. And the Antichrist doesn't have that, that that gang of three. So they're going to claim that the two prophets are uh, the two witnesses, rather. They're going, people are going to claim that the two witnesses, that those are the two prophets, the two arms of the prophet. That's what they're going to say, of course. Amen. But if the whole world is saying that the Antichrist is going to die of a head wound and come back to life, what does the Bible say about that? The whole world is deceived. Everybody thinks, well, the vaccine, the vaccine passport is the mark of the beast. That's the most popular thing going on. That must be the mark of the beast. No, it's not. So whatever the most popular prophecy is, is automatically wrong. Amen. Pre-trib rapture, the Jews building a, a Jewish temple. That we see here that even if Moses and Samuel stood before God, that means even if Moses and Samuel were to say, Lord, please spare it in season, God would say no. That's exactly what I can say now. And let's go over to the book of Ezekiel now. Ezekiel 14. Thank you, Lord, 
Page number 
to only they themselves. If even they themselves, amen, are spared. The Bible does say, pray that you escape this thing. There's a way of escape that is called fighting freedom. The forest, the roof, the forest land, the land. So that's only a partial escape. There'll be suffering. There'll be having to live in a little bit of fear in your life. Also for you, natural. Bible says that by fear Noah was saved. Have to have a little bit of confidence to have self-esteem, to run, to hide, to flee. And another way of escape, as the verse of Isaiah says, is to die. What's going on? I don't think they really want to do that. So, escape these things does not mean any creature of access. You know, people think it means that. It does not mean it. Because that verse cannot be in contradiction against the rest of the Bible. So, it's not talking about a creature of access. And it's not talking about God changing his mind either. Because all these things must be fulfilled. In the end time generation. In the end time generation. If we're living in income generations, then before every one of us dies, all these things will be fulfilled. Okay? You might can, through your own repentance, make things more easy on yourself, receive blessings, receive provisions, receive health, energy, strength, endurance, so that you can survive so that you can endure, so that you do not fall away because of your own righteousness, because of your own repentance, your own plan, your own family. But you cannot save your own son, your own daughter, nor even your own husband, nor even your own wife. This verse proves that it's wrong, Paul said, or Peter, whoever it was, or both, that said, the unbelieving spouse is sanctified by the believing for Christ. If you can't save your own son or daughter by your own fasting, your own repentance, then you ain't going to save your husband or wife either. That could be only by example, and they follow your lead, but they're not going to be saved by your own salvation, they still have to choose. They still have to repent. They still have to do their own repentance. This verse proves that Peter or Paul or both had wrong thinking about that or translated wrong and didn't fix or it was added by somebody or something. You can only make things better for yourself if you can't stop the tribulation. Every nation on earth has received judgment for their 
is a good thing. People think even that false prophet thinks the great tribulation is a bad thing that we should go to start. That false prophet thinks World War III is a bad thing that we should try to pray away and prevent it from occurring. But instead of trying to pray it away, we should be praying, Lord, bring the great tribulation. Lord, bring these things upon the earth. Lord, bring these prophecies to fulfillment. Amen. We should be praying that the prophecies be fulfilled within our lifetime. We should be praying for the judgment upon the nations. We should be praying for the hurricanes to be stronger, the earthquakes to be stronger, the war, the invasion to come quickly. Instead of trying to pray these things away and repent these things away, we need to be repenting these things to come closer, faster, stronger, harder, more fiercely, because they deserve it. Amen. We should be disgusted at how Australia held down and forced vaccinated and it was not even a vaccination, it was an injection of poison. Basically murder of 24,000 children in Australia. The parents did nothing that I could see. Maybe they did something and it's just not reported to you. But even if they did something, it was almost nothing because if they had done what they should have done, they would have been a million people, parents laying down surrounding that coliseum all the way around it, total circle around the Coliseum of parents laying on top of parents, laying on top of parents, just heaps of bodies living, alive, unharmed, laying down in the streets on top of each other, making a wall of flesh, make the army come in there and bulldoze them, in order to prevent 24,000 children that's what the parents should have done, but they're lazy and they're tired. And it's disgusting how the Australian people did not stand up for that care. Ridiculous. Australia deserves a nuclear bomb. Australia deserves the most harsh, fiercest invasion that has ever existed in all of human history for allowing that to happen. America deserves the same thing for a lot of it. Jamaica deserves it. Nigeria deserves it. Korea deserves it. South Africa deserves it. Every nation on earth deserves the harshest, most fierce battle that ever occurred in its history. And to lose it. Because the people are victim, they've been joined, and they laugh. Oh, Pastor Tim. He's crazy. He's stupid. He's insane. He's deceived. He don't know what he's talking about. He's, he's a tyrant. He's power hungry. He's unreasonable. I say the same thing about God. They deserve what they get. People who are true saints, becoming true saints, we need to pray. Thy judgment comes. So people 
deserve it. They're not going to repent. They're not going to wake up. So they get a good whipping. Amen. You can love a child to death, spoil a child to death, but until that child gets spanked, he's not going to behave. That's nature. Spare the rod, spare the child. Spare the rod, that, that, that nation will be spoiled. America has been spoiled. It needs to rise at the end of the day. The Antichrist Antichrist is God's power to discipline his beloved children. When you try to say this is right, you are making things worse, not better. We should be saying. Thy paddle come. Because the Bible says that if a father loves his children, he will paddle them. He will discipline them. He will chastise them. We need it. A true prophet would understand that. A false prophet would tell you, pray and fast so that we don't have to suffer. A true prophet says, we need suffering. Because we need to be toughened up. We need greater maturity. The best way you can get that is a good slapping. We need it. Slap me, Lord. Wake me up. Wake me up out of my complacency. Wake me up out of my ignorance. Wake me up. And if it takes a slap, so be it. Amen. That's how a true thing says. Let us become true saints. Let us all become true servants of the Lord. Let there be true prophets to rise up. More true prophets, more true apostles, more true pastors, more true saints to rise up. Instead of adding and taking away, stealing, and instead of being out of selfish ambition, let us say, Thy will, Lord, Thy will. Let us work together as a team. Let us walk together, speak together, work together in cooperation rather than competition. Let us work together if we can agree in unity of one mind. One body, one accord, one word, one faith, one baptism, one church. Don't be making your own churches out there, your own ministries. You ain't got no right for it. Let's be working in conjunction with God's appointed prophets and apostles. God's appointed one. Not making yourself Come into the body of Christ. Don't form your own body of Christ. Come into the body of Christ. Work in agreement with the body of Christ. All right, I think y'all go. Thank you for listening. Anybody new?
Please be aware that we have live worship services every Saturday at 2 o'clock Eastern Time, U.A. Time. 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, U.A. Time, every Saturday. We're welcome to invite us to listen again to check out the ministry website, I Saw the Light Ministries.com. Ministries of the FM. M-I-N-I-S-T-R-I-S. Ends with the I-E-S. We are a ministry of truth. We are a ministry of drug recovery. Recovery from drug addiction. We are a prophetic of prophecy. We are a deliverance. We are a full gospel. Well, they have a men's ministry, a women's They have a lot of different ministries. So they have a lot of different tasks, works, programs, evangelism, other things. A lot of things going on because of all the different works, tasks, and ministries. We need help. We need more people to pitch in help out. I'll make sure you print out the most recent uh, gospel track, Dr. Trinity, the false Trinity doctrine, brand new gospel track for that. Print out and distribute in your local area. Leave at the bus stop. Leave in your local park. Leave at the grocery store on the shelf. Leave in the shopping cart. Leave in the taxi cab. Leave at the laundromat. Leave at your friend's house. Leave inside the newspaper that you leave somewhere. Magazines, books at the library, pictures, things in there. Wherever you can find someone, somewhere to leave a gospel track. Leave it behind. Leave a seed behind and plant the seeds all along the roadside, wherever you travel, wherever you go. At the restrooms, bathhouses, wherever, swimming pools, wherever you go. Amazing. Wherever you go, leave a seed behind. Like the Bible tells us to do, the seeds all alone, everywhere, alongside the road, everywhere. plant a lot more seeds. Okay, Brother Robert, you got anything to add? The seven sons of the they being tortured to death and they died and slaughtered by an They were righteous. They were obedient to God. They still died. They could not pray it away. They could not fast it away. They could not repent it away. They had already fasted faithfully. They were saints. They were righteous. But it still happened to them. They did not escape that tribulation. They did not escape that poverty. And when it came right down to it, they did not try to pray it away. They didn't 
say on their deathbed and their torture deathbed, Lord, remove me from this, that they accepted their faith. And they accepted it with boldness, with grace, with courage. They didn't cry. They didn't remember. They accepted their faith. Mother did not try to pray away the death of her seven sons. Amen. Told all seven young men to stand firm. I give up. Do not give in, that is. He didn't stand there and say, Oh, Lord, spare my son. He didn't do that. They accepted their faith. Anything else in the Bible? Righteous? See if anybody's got anything tight in the chat room here. Amen. Amen, sister. Praise God. Okay. Then I'll let you all go then. God bless you all. In Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.